There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Fangirl Zone. I'm Sean Fangirl S and with me today, Jess, and we're talking Preacher episode 5 or 6, however you're looking at it, Sundowner. So, we did not get any past going back in time 18 whatever Mm -hmm. we still don't know what's going on yeah they keep talking about i've read the synopsis for the upcoming episodes and they talk about how the the old man in old texas was going back for revenge or whatever and i'm like i still don't know what's happening it doesn't make sense but But they're still showing graham mctavish in the pre um credits in the beginning well you know they did that with glenn too when you know, AMC's, like, ridiculous about this stuff. They sure. don't, you know, they they take people out of the credits that aren't dead, they put them in after we know they're dead. You know, they're wacky. They're but killing me. They're killing me. Alright, so... Spoilers. Spoilers. Alright. Let's see, where do we start? We start at the Flavor Station. Now, this is where Wester Bucket works, right? Yes. Uh, the restaurant where she works. And so we're just picking up where we were last episode, so he's still there. It's not like it's several days later. Mm-hmm. And the two angels sit down with him. And they're trying to explain to Jesse what is going on and what's inside him and the fact that it's not God. Right. That it's not the voice of God like he thought. But it seems like nothing is what he thought. Well, it seems like it's not really what they think either. No, 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 no. It's definitely... I feel like it's... If it's the sort of entity that they're describing, it would be much harder to... It would be unknowable. Right. You know. Because they call it Genesis. Which... Their, their explanation, and it makes me wonder because, okay, I was never a Bible reader. Mm-hmm. Because there's the whole... There's a lot of it. Genesis and everything, which... And, and Star Trek, too, but whatever. But Genesis in this is actually a product of an angel and demon who fell in love with each other during the great battle. And this is their child, basically. Which... Which I think the the name Genesis, I'd love to, I'd love to read. I don't know if the person who wrote the comics initially... If they're going a similar direction, if they pick the name Genesis for a reason, because Genesis obviously means the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, the first several words of the Bible are in the beginning. Right. In the Old Testament. Um, and so that's, you know, the, the beginning of all life, according to the Judeo-Christian lexicon. Right. I wonder if the name Genesis was picked specifically because it's a new beginning. It's something completely new. But still... Mm. But we find out that the angels are just kind of babysitters essentially right they're, they're almost like uh they're like the museum keepers like there's this thing and it's old and it's bad and we probably well it's not necessarily they bad they don't know what it is it's it's unknown and we are just meant to, we're the keepers we're the curator of this entity right and they describe it as the most powerful entity ever known a singular force that could shift the balance of power and threaten right. all of creation but I kind of wonder about that. Like, if they're angels, isn't the most powerful entity supposed to be God? Thank you. I, I thought that I was a very say, interesting. But they don't know because we find out in the next couple episodes. You know, they ask 
Jesse keeps asking questions, and basically they're like, I don't know, I don't know. Don't well, know. how do you not know any of this? You don't know anything. But then again, history's written by the victor. It seems like so, they're very low on the totem pole. Like, they're low in the totem pole. Yeah. Like, why are they in tra- charge of this? Because they don't know nothing. Yeah, if they're not higher unless, up... Unless it's because they are expendable. But if they're not higher up, why were they given... Right. You know, this to watch over, mm-hmm. if it's supposed to be the most powerful thing. I know. And destroy the world or universe or everything that is and ever was. It's a, it's a really weird... There's a lot of weird questions. Right. Uh, but I love it. As they're sitting there talking and the one... A woman walks in. And the one tall one. I don't know which one's which. It's Fior and DeBlanc, but I honestly don't know which one's which. I can't tell. But leans over... The tall one leans over to the other and whispers and they're like, Oh, we'll be right back. We left something in the car. Because that's not suspicious. Not weird at all. And when Jesse looks, they're out there, like, fighting this blonde woman who walked outside. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, they're just beating the crap out of some random woman who has, like, a minivan. Or no, it was like a soccer mom car. It wasn't a minivan. And she looked very, I mean, normal. Right. Nothing, nothing exceptional about her at all. Just right. a random Like, she chick. fit in. Yes. Better than they do. Right. Actually. And it turns out it's not... She's a seraphim. Which is a... Which is... It's a high rank of angels. It's a high rank of angel. They're, the seraphims were supposed to have uh, seven wings or something. Like, what? more really? than normal. Uh, when they're described, cherubims are always described with two wings, and uh, seraphims have more. Mm. I don't know. Like, they talk about there was a seraphim set at the gate of the Garden of Eden to keep people out. Okay. So, I don't know. Like, I wondered what... Like, I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. It's interesting that they depict her as a woman, too. Like, I like that, since we've seen these dudes... But they don't seem like much of a match for her. No, because, yeah. like you said, you th- we think that they're lower level because she just seems to kind of, you know, kick their butt. And this is like an ongoing thing, which is funny in this episode, because I was watching it, and it was, I'm laughing, and Jason, like, finally looks up from he, what he's doing, and he's like, what is going on? Because they they kill her, mm-hmm. and Jesse's like, oh my god, what did you just do? You just killed a woman. And then flash of light, and she's behind them, walking towards them again. And he's just like, what is happening? Well, and it's funny, because you know who would have been really super useful is Cassidy. Right. Because they've done this to him, like, ten times. <laughs> like, he's expecting, oh, you do, seriously, the angels, they just keep coming back. Like, yeah, it's their thing. It's annoying. <laughs> Which was funny, because later, she ends up following them, because they get away, they go to the hotel, motel, whatever. And Holiday she ends end. up finding. Well, it's funny, though, because when you finally see her walking, that's when you're like, okay, something's a little off. Because mm-hmm. she's she's walking like, I don't know, it reminded me of, like, Marvin the Martian or something. It was just a really weird walk. Okay, yeah, I can I can see, sort of see what you're talking about. I, I was, like, struck by how purposeful she was walking. Like Maybe that's what it is. It just was the strange thing. Like, she's never walked before or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's got to concentrate really hard. She's like, I'm just trying to keep, like, my feet on the ground, actually. <laughs> like, it would look really weird if I just started, like, if I took flight. But they get to the hotel, and she's there. And I love it because you have, oh, my gosh, you have the one look out, the, the people. At least they have a people. That is my biggest pet peeve with so many of these shows. Somebody knocks and you just open the door. No. No. They don't even lock... Well, I mean, granted, this is an angel, so you're really putting the chain on. It's probably not going to help. But, like, even the chain, it's like, put your hand in there, I'm going to smash it. I don't know. Right. 
like, but yeah, no, thank you for the people. That was, so he at least looks at the people and he's like, oh, not towels. And gets shot. And then this is what I said. It felt like a Stooges episode because they kept saying, don't kill her. And Jesse didn't realize that it meant that she kept coming back. I mean, he, they finally tell him, no, she comes back. Sometimes it takes a little while. Sometimes it's right away. Sometimes it's in the same place. It was very back. video game. Like, she just kept respawning. Like, it was. I don't it play was video really games, respawn, respawn, respawn. Sometimes she's a little farther on the map. Right. She keeps respawning. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. And I'm cracking up. And this is the one scene that I think finally got my husband kind of wanting to watch it. Because he's like, what is going on? And then there's blood everywhere and bodies. And they're dying in different ways. And... It was just really comical. It, it for a very gory blood scene. It was absolutely comical. Right. I thought it was. I thought it was interestingly done. But this nothing in this show. And you know, I mentioned this to somebody. Uh, I was talking to about the show on Tumblr, and they had talked about how the only person who's who's responding to stimulus normally or like with any reasonable like understanding was Tulip. And I'm like, no one in the show no one is reacting the way I expect. Like, I'm like, this is not normal. What are you all doing? Someone please panic. Right. Um, so yeah, it just, it was perfect for me because I'm like, this is so that the show, but it, it just keeps going. And then they're, they're trying to tie her up. I don't know if they're trying to talk to her or what the deal is, information, but they almost have her tied up finally. Mm -hmm. And Cassidy walks in and shoots her. I love Cassidy. Oh my gosh. And then more fighting happens. And then I don't know whatever happened because I don't know if she just stopped coming. But they dismember her with a chainsaw and that's it. it Maybe she like. wasn't dead and they started doing it. So Maybe. that's why it was like enough time because what were they going to do with all those bodies? Why I, don't they just disappear though? I think that's the funniest part of this. Like, there's. And, and I'm sorry, at that point, how do you explain 13 dead chicks that are the exact same on a genetic cellular level? Right. And guys. You have all those dead, you know, Well, well, at first, well Cassidy at least is, like, burying some, setting right. a few on fire. Like, he's, like, hiding the evidence. These chicks are just laying around the hotel room. One's like, in the other room. One's in the other room. How are they even getting to that one? One's at the... Uh, in the trunk of the, the car. Yeah, I mean, yeah. seriously, this is, they're leaving a trail of one chick, and it, it just doesn't make any sense. So, yeah. This is the one thing that strains imagination. I'm assuming someone just sets the whole motel on fire. I know, that. I was thinking that's the only way to do <laughs> it the at best, this point. That's the most Burn it all down. reasonable, and if they see a ton of chick bodies, they're just going to be like, oh, well, someone had a party and <laughs> killed a bunch of hookers. So. Oh my gosh. It's Texas. They're not going to, like, worry about it. It's terrible, but that's the truth. Well, I mean, that's, you know, it's a high. Right. Um, let's jump to Eugene. Because he had a whole different kind of storyline this episode, too. He was at school, and he's so used to people yelling at him and talking crap. And he's always apologizing. But some kid comes up to him, and he's just like, hey, Eugene. And he's like, sorry. Oh. Hi. And then the kid decides to sit with him at lunch, and a couple other kids sit with him. And this is something that hasn't happened, because we still don't know what's going on. At this point. Right. Yeah. Or what happened to him. That's what I mean. Um, and then these kids, and the whole time, I don't know about you, I was panicking. I was, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, something horrible because is going to happen. The, yeah. Towards the end of Eugene's moment here, they end up going to... 
don't know. What are those? It's like almost a like drain? a giant pipe or a drain system. It's big enough, obviously, for four or five well-grown, you know, uh-huh. adult, almost adults yeah. to, like, walk around in. Well, this is what we've seen those girls hiding in, too. Yeah. So it's got to be, not like sewer, but like rain. Yeah, it's got to be for runoff, yeah. And they go in there, and I'm just expecting there to be a bunch of guys and to be crap. And they're going to beat him to death or something horrible. I It was really tense, but that didn't happen. No. it. They just were lighting off fireworks. Being, and being unreasonably re- reckless, but right, but, but you know really what? Nice, yeah. Be, being actually really, really human and kind to Eugene, which was probably the scariest part of this episode. Like waiting for waiting for something to happen. Yeah, because he is probably. I mean, they didn't give us a timeline here, so we don't know how long he's been dealing with everything. And I'm just expecting that everybody has always been really shitty to him. Yeah, since the, whatever incident. Since the incident. Or accident, whatever right. it was. And I'm just like, oh, God, what's going to happen? Are they setting him up? Is it going to happen soon? That's exactly what I thought. And I just kept waiting and waiting. I'm like, that's what was really stressful. You had the comedic, weirdly horror fights. Slapstick killings. And then you had this where it was just more, oh, my gosh, what's happening? What's next? Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it happening? Is it? Wait. Absolutely. So the show just totally messing with me. Right. 100%. Uh, so that was pretty much Eugene early on. We'll get back to Eugene here because he meets up with Jesse later. But let's go to Tulip. Oh, I love Tulip. Because this is weird because you have all these people at this point who don't know that everybody knows each other. Right. They all have this, this sort of unknown history that we haven't really had a chance too much to investigate. That it hasn't been shown to us. So I feel like, yes, you're 100% right, because obviously these people knew each other when they were all growing up together. Well, Cassie didn't know anybody. Well, no, no, there. And Emily, I don't know if Emily was grew up there or no. came later. Hmm. Because we know Tulip and Jesse have a, a past. Right. A very complicated history. Right. But we don't know about anybody else. And so it seems like nobody knows that the other person is involved or has been involved or anything. Well, and a lot of that comes to light in this episode, right. of course, because of people acting crazy. <laughs> um, but God bless Tula, because she walks to Emily, and she's just like, you better stay away from my man. I know. She runs, she's like barging and goes in the <sighs> house, and just grabs something and, and throws, throws it. it. The first breakable thing her hands touch. And I'm just, I, I had the same reaction Emily had. She's just looking like, what just happened? Who are you talking, what are we talking about? Who are you? Right. <laughs> I don't even know you. You came in when I was peeing. Yeah, that was so <laughs> awkward. That's the first time I met you. I loved it. Well, no, they've seen each other at church. They had to have. Yeah, but I mean... Going, but the, we don't know if they've ever talked. Right. So, yes. Although it's weird, because they always seem to have barbecues after church. You would think at some point they talk. Well, and that's... I mean, that's the thing. You're supposed to be really friendly. You're supposed to talk to everyone and say hi to everyone. Yeah, that's just But that doesn't, like doesn't kinda, that doesn't seem like the kind of thing that's happening here. <laughs> some sort of fan system I don't know happening. Oh, that's going to be the computer. Sorry. <laughs> I'll edit that. But, uh, anyway, yeah. then we get, uh, Emily kind of yelling at Tulip for breaking something that her daughter had made. And then Tulip has a moment of Yeah, she comes barging back Sensitivity. In. Fine, I'll fix it. And what? Glues it back together, sitting at the table. It's the most adorable, like... Right. Emily, the uh, most adorable, awkward moment. It's so human. Like, 
she just picked up something in a fit of pique, threw it, it shatters, she doesn't care, she's walking out, drops the mic. And then she's like, and that was from my daughter. And Tulip, having a soft spot, obviously, it's we've already seen for children in general. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing particularly as a mother. Goes yeah, because we find out. Because they're having a back and forth, and yeah, Emily's like, do you want something to drink? And Emily's folding clothes, and she's just gluing back the project. And They're talking about what they need to get done that day. Right, then they're folding church pamphlets, and it was just strange. She's like, offering to help. You know, so that Emily doesn't have to do all these things that she doesn't really have time to do. Right, because Emily's kid's sick, and she's like, yeah, you know, it's kind of hard. Well, she first offers to stay with the daughter, and Emily just looks at her like... Well, I'd have been kind of weirded out with that, too. Like, like, what do you do? (laughs) First of all, you just came barging and saying, stay with my boyfriend. I don't know who you're talking about. You have a temper, and that's my little girl, and I don't know about all all this. And it's like, uh, you were just, like, throwing crap. Uh, Maybe we'll pass. Which, Which I thought would be the end of it. But then she was like, well, I could go do this for you, I guess. So Which, I, again, I thought that was kind of weird. Like, all right, I'll go do all the running for you. What? I think, I feel like Tulip, they are really doing a lot to try and make her a really, like, full, well-rounded character. A because, full, normal person. Well, yeah, because I feel like no no one is just that rage. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always, there's something behind it, there's something underneath it, you know. And I'm assuming that either it dawns on Emily that she's talking about Jesse or off screen it gets said. Right. Because they don't officially say it. <sighs> because yeah, I, then at one point Emily is like, oh, I, I'd like to ask you questions about him from before. She must have said it. She must. I mean, it's it's got to be implicit. There's no. Unless it's because other than Miles, it's the only person. That's the only male of marriageable age in town. Right. <laughs> Which, can I just tell you, small town, totally probably accurate. <laughs> like, strictly, factually accurate. <laughs> yeah. That's just kind of still strange that you have her sleeping with Miles, but lusting after the preacher. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, wait, does he know you're dating him? I mean, it's kind of what I felt like. There was a lot of, like, weirdness. But then, I mean, this whole episode, our next scene is... Jesse and Cassidy in their, in their underwear, <laughs> washing their clothes together, like kind of like ogling each other's tattoos, which Cassidy has like a ton. Yes. Um, and I was wondering what the E and Q on his. I was wondering that. I really too. want to know if anybody knows that. Hit us up because E and Q. I don't know. I'm like equal bodies. Um, but I, a lot of tattoos. I love that though. I loved that. I wonder if like any I of w- them are real. Real. That's what I was. I wonder if any of them are, or I wonder which ones of them are applied, which obviously is a huge huge thing when they have to do that takes forever apparently but same with Dominic Cooper Mm -hmm. but he had scars and he had tattoos well but I think he only had the two we didn't see a ton of tattoos and we saw a lot of Dominic Cooper right um all the fix are writing themselves right now (laughs) but uh I did I loved when he saw the tulip and the tulip itself the tattoo on his shoulder was beautiful I thought it was just really simple it was super simple really well done and all he says is that's my tulip Right. And that's it. And then... But still, Cassidy doesn't know. Cassidy doesn't know, but seriously, Tulip O'Hare, there's, there are no such things as coincidences. How many Do tulip- people really believe that there are coincidences in fiction? Because I don't believe it at all. Right. <laughs> I just love it that they're sitting there talking then, just in their underwear. Drinking beer. Yeah. Sweating their balls off. <laughs> it's Texas. They're sweating. 
I don't know, because you had people wearing coats in these. I'm like, how I, hope, I hope they've got the AC burning, like, hardcore. It's because serious. It's the same thing with, like, San Diego right now. People are wearing coats because they're chilly, I'm sure. And I'm like, they're we're sweating. Crack. When I'm out there, I'm sweating. I'm, like, dying. I, I need a little portable fan. I need a portable air conditioner. Mm. Okay. I like that so, idea. I don't get it, but, hey, whatever. I guess you live in an area long enough and... Your blood thins out, or whatever it is. Your blood, your blood turns to sand. I don't know. <laughs> you get a little chilly. Uh, oh, talking about Tulip, she comes to deliver the stuff to the church. Yes. And she goes in the closet, and Cassidy goes in. Oh. And I was like, because there was a moment like, what's going to happen? Is there going to be a confrontation? This is a really good quote. Okay, I want to back you up real quick before okay. we talk about this. I want to talk about how absolutely ridiculous uh, Jesse's trying to carry, like, a ton of chairs, getting them set up for Sunday service, and he's unfolded all of them, and he's trying to carry, like, four of them at a time, and it's absolutely the most ridiculous thing I've ever right. seen. Why aren't you fold like, have them folded up, carry them, and unfold them? Right. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's all. Like, that bothered me. Like, in, this, <laughs> in the whole episode, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> okay. Okay, back to the thing. No, I thought that was funny, too. I'm like, that's <laughs> awkward. What are you doing? Can't you, you carry more when they're Obviously, folded? I've never unfolded a chair before. Listen, <laughs> Daddy Stark. Let me explain you a thing. Um, no, so that bothered me. But back to Tulip in the closet. Ugh. Yeah, Cassie's like, oh, you hunted me down. She's like, what are you talking about? What are you doing here? What are you even here for? It's like, I work here. And she's like, what? And what are you doing here? I'm helping Emily. And then... You're his... Yeah, tool. it's like light bulb. Ugh. And Cassie, you can see his face fall. You can see immediately he's like... But we're perfect for each other. Like, we could set the world on fire together. Like, right. what do you mean you're in love with him? Right. And you got to understand oh. that he, I don't, I don't know if he just felt, like, really fast or he thought this was meaningful, but obviously he didn't see Tulip's face in the car when they were having relations. Oh, he wasn't paying attention. she just looked like. She was in another world. She right. was on, she was in a different time zone. Like, it's a job. You know, and I wonder, I wonder so much too about like, I wish, I wish we could talk to the writers about this, how Tulip relates to sex because of her parent being a sex worker. Mm -hmm. Like if, is it more or less for her? Like, you know, there's plenty of people who don't feel, who don't have any desire for sex until they really know a person mm -hmm. or if they don't attach the same kind of meaningfulness you know, yeah, because we don't know what her mom has said to her, you know, when she's grown up. We have no idea. Oh, the, and the formative years, like, understanding, you know, all that, what you learn about it, is definitely going to affect how you relate to sex as a person. Mm -hmm. And I just want to know so bad, is this is this really just a way for her to put up a wall between her and Jesse? And if that's the case, I am so sad for Cassidy, because he is, I mean, she saved his life. She's telling him these, like, really deep, emotional things about herself. He tells her... He opens up to her and tells her what he truly is. Like, right. And, you know, their their most secret selves. And he probably feels like that's a huge... Like, he wouldn't do that to just anybody. Like, he's told, he's told two people, and they're both people that he's felt immediate and serious connections to. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like the fact that she's like, no... <laughs> It really did. He looks so sad. Right. My poor little baby. It is. It was. But she kind of hides him, like, behind the, the door. door. Because Jesse comes in. What and, are you doing here? Right. And so, you know, we're getting that a lot. 
Yeah. She tells him I was helping Emily, and he's just like, what? <laughs> well, and then the line, I can be a good person too, or whatever, probably. God. Right. I basically, like, I love all of these characters, but I hate, like, the weird lengths that Tulip is, like, going to, like, twisting herself out of shape for right. Jesse. Right. I have to agree. But but we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know the past as no, much. No, we, we We're have, hoping to get more. We have very, very limited understanding of the depth of their relationship. But... And then let's uh, jump to Sunday, and Jesse's thanking Emily for everything that she and Tulip have done. And Emily was just like her face kind of fell when he mentioned she's been doing these things for the longest time, forever, without anything, without any kind of right acknowledgement acknowledgement or thanks. And then as soon as Tulip Tulip does it for a second, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, I felt bad. Like you just your heart goes out to her. He, I mean, it's awkward as hell. I don't like it at all. I really, really want her to just realize that Jesse Custer is a no good, good for nothing, and she'd be better off with the freaking mayor. It's the hair. It's that good hair. Yeah, I wonder. The hair and the, well, the beard. That's not exactly a beard. It's almost scruff, but a little more. He's a very attractive man. He is. That's I, can't, I can't disagree with you that. You look at him, and you look at Miles side by side, and I'm sure Miles is an awesome guy. Clearly, we know he is. He's there for but, her. But we already know Jesse has a little bad boy streak. So oh. it's just something kind of deep down. This is, this, we're living a meme. Like, yes, every girl <laughs> likes a bad boy, but not a freaking ass murderer. Every, I just like his hair. He's and, fantastic. And then we got to see him mostly naked. So, you know. They're, you know what? He and Casty both are very handsome dudes. Like, I just like Casty's accent. Yeah. But I bet you, I, I'm telling you, man, Miles has to be, like, a pretty decent guy to put up with all the crap she's putting him through. I know, he's really sweet, but, you know, Jesse. Jesse! He's alright, but he's not Jesse. <laughs> oh, God, that's horrible, right? That's horrible. Uh, this is what's wrong with, I think like, it's, it, it was the hair that grabbed me. It's the it's hair. It's ten hair, and, you know, it just kind of goes. Well, and that's exactly what this, that's exactly, I mean, I wanted to break this I swear it's getting bigger. This is ten. That We are living with ten and Martha. We are living that life all over again. <laughs> I don't, ha- and I don't have time for the pain. Oh uh, yeah, I'd be Martha. <laughs> um, Eugene asked to see Jesse and Bailey. We're coming back to Eugene, and you know he's like, "You should take it back." Which did, did all the continued kindness from people is making him very uncomfortable, right? And he asks him to to stop. He says it's cheating. That it's not. People don't really want to be nice to him. Right. They just are it, doing it because they're compelled to do it. And Well, he only said it to Mrs. Loach, so I don't know why anybody at school would feel compelled. Maybe the kids were around to hear it. I wonder if, or I wonder if they're just all taking their cue from her. Maybe. Which is possible. But, because his dad isn't any nicer to him. Right. You know. So I wonder if it's just the people who were in earshot. Maybe, maybe I not. Know. I don't know. But all of a sudden, Jesse decides, because Eugene's like, please, take it back. It's cheating. And, you know, Jesse's like, you know, you're being ungrateful. Other people would be happy for this to happen. And then in the voice, which I don't think that was intentional. I think he was just getting frustrated. Right. But I think it was... But this is what we don't know what's going on with Genesis and what it, how it can affect you. Horrible. And suddenly he says, go to hell, Eugene. 
And and then you just see the pamphlet that Eugene was holding kind of flutter to the ground. He's gone. That's and it. Jesse doesn't, he looks back and like nothing, and then he walks out, and then we scroll, like the camera, not scrolls up. Kind of pans back. Pans up. And you have Cassidy, who is up in the balcony area. Sees the whole thing. Well, and obviously, if, you know, when they start, when people start asking about it, uh, Emily was the one who led Jesse in, or led him in to see Jesse. He's like, he won't wait. He wants to talk to you right now. Mm-hmm. So everybody kind of knows that he was the last person to see him alive, and then, poof. He's gone. You know, without a trace. So it's definitely, that whole thing was, that was kind of crummy. Yeah. I was not. I was like, I don't know how to feel right now. No, yeah, because you want I, I gasped, though. That was definitely a. Well, no, because you really want. I clutched my pearls. <laughs> That's, that's a very, I love it. That's, but yeah, because I was just like, oh my god, what, why isn't he just like, come back, Eugene, you know, in his voice? Why didn't he do something? Immediately did something. No. Just walks away, cold as ice, and I wonder if, I want, I really do wonder if Genesis is affecting him on some sort of, like, deep, subconscious, deep level. spiritual level, who knows? Who knows? You know, weird, unknowable things True. that happen. And the final, scene for the episode was Miles at a car crash and finally calling back the people with Green Acres and saying that there's been an accident. Yeah. So he's kind of covering up what happened with... I still don't understand that. I wouldn't have. He's doing it for the... Well, because we hear him later say, you know, there are things you do for the good of the community that maybe aren't your choice. I'm sorry. I don't care. I think I'm not throwing Quinn Cannon under the bus would have been better for the community because yeah. he's, like, psychotic. Yeah, no. Quadruple murders, I'm not covering it up. Yeah, for no. this community or any community, get out. Get out. Get out. <laughs> anyway. Well, that was, like, a quick rundown. We love... I, I, you know, this show is, like, as crazy as it is, I'm in love with it. I really am. I feel like they're doing such a good job and... Like, I'm silently cursing Seth Rogen in my head for, like, all this, like, drama that he's brought into my life. I guess the way we're explaining it, because it is kind of a quick rundown, it doesn't seem like there's a lot that happened, but it was a lot more visual in this one, especially with the fight. Absolutely. Because that was a good... It took up a lot of of time. at least, I'd say. Well, and, you know, I feel like they're doing a lot with character development. Like, Mm -hmm. the the conversation, the, the... time for being quiet and like having that weird awkward conversation with Emily and Tulip. Right. Took a good a good long time. The long conversation between him and Cast uh, Preacher and Cassidy where we're finding out, you know, more and more about them, more about their relationship. I feel like it was a big deal. You know, I feel like it was important. It's like a lot of shows when you don't hear a lot that happened in the show, you're thinking, This doesn't have any meat on its bones. Like unfortunately Steve and I had a show like that that we can get through two or three episodes in like 20 minutes, 30 minutes talking about it because there wasn't a lot going on. Hmm. And it took them too long to develop. While they're still developing the characters here, it's not like, let's take two episodes to develop one character. But it's, but and it is happening concurrently with plot. Right. So it's being held. So it is different. Yeah, So it's not, this is not like a super fast thing. It just, we're sub- Summarizing it, I can't talk super fast. Well, you know, we're our podcast is almost as long as the show, so yeah. <laughs> really, it's not crazy. But no, I mean, it's. I feel like you're gonna get you're gonna get episodes where it's plot heavy. You're gonna get episodes where it's, you know, 
exposition heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, we every episode can't be this year's finale of Game of Thrones where it was like bam, 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 right. bam, bam, more stuff, more stuff, more stuff, explosions. You know, <laughs> which thank God for that because my, my my poor heart can't take it. Like, I was having conversations. But no, it's. I feel like they're doing such a good job. I feel like the actors are so great, and I want like more. I want more. I love well, it. Well, we will have more, and we will be coming to you with more for the whole season. And Jessica did find some stuff though. She's been tumbling around on Tumblr. Oh, good lord! Um, this is actually we're obviously doing this behind a bit, but there was a uh, Tumblr artist, a fan artist, who put up two really fantastic things that. Actually, all, all of the person's stuff is fantastic, but their Tumblr URL is MaxKennedy24, and two specifically for li- in a later episode where, uh, I don't know, Cassie's kind of on fire, literally and figuratively, mm-hmm. and Jesse's, I don't know, it's fantastic, I can't talk about it. So they should go look. <laughs> you should look, yes, and if, if it's possible, and with, with the person's permission, we will try and link uh, the art to... The our Facebook site. Page. Our Facebook page, yeah, yeah. That'd be perfect. Um, you can always check us out. www.fangirlzone.com. And you can find the links to all our pages. So that way, if you're not sure where you can find us on Facebook, which is FG Zone, but you can just click on there and it'll show you. And that way, when Jess posts all these things and she's figured out that she is an admin and can do it herself, if. <laughs> No, and, and if you seriously look look at the stuff, but also, um, you know, we're still waiting for that fanfic to come in. Come on, there's guys. So well, there's I haven't seen a whole lot of fanfic, but there's so much fan art out there. There's so much fun stuff in the preacher tag on Tumblr. Um, I share it to the Facebook page. I troll everything. And if then I, you guys are listening and you are doing this art, as long as it's not graphic, we don't want to get kicked off of Facebook. Nothing too graphic. I mean, a little graphics. We don't want to get kicked Not off too Facebook. Not NSFW. Or... That's, you know, just slightly NSFW. Just make sure everything's covered. <laughs> you know? um, nothing too inappropriate. But no, it's definitely, we're definitely interested in hearing from everybody. And I'm, I really am. I'm trolling the preacher tag. I'm, like, following a ton of blogs. Lots of uh, preacher slash Cassidy love going on. Uh, there's a, there's a, the name. I forget what the, the ship name is. But, uh. It should be it should be that hard, Jesse and Cassie, Jessity. I'm guessing it's probably Jessity, but Jess and Cass. I love. I it. don't know because otherwise it'd just be like Jess, Cassie, <laughs> Cassie, um, Jesse. Well, what's Cassidy's? Is, is people keep tagging it Prosinius Cassidy, which okay. might mean that Prosinius is his first name. Oh, I don't. Which would be crazy. Because I feel like we've not talked about that at all. I have no idea. Maybe. If anybody knows, let us know. Because yeah. we have still not cracked open the graphic novel. We're terrible. That's because I'm having a remodel done because of a leaky pipe. And yes. I have a horrible time happening right now in it's my home. It's not intentional. All right, guys. So for this episode, episode five or six, however you're looking at it, of Preacher called Sundown. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And Jess. And until next time.